You're listening to the Modern Web Podcast. For more podcasts, videos, and events, find us online at modern-web.org or follow us on Twitter at modern.web. That's M-O-D-E-R-N-D-O-T-W-E-B. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Modern Web Podcast. I am your host, Rob O'Sell. I'm an architect at this.labs. Today, I'm extremely excited to sit down and talk about the Angular Renaissance with Alyssa Nichol and Mark Thompson, better known as Mark Texan. Alyssa is a senior developer advocate at Progress, and Mark is the senior developer relations engineer on the Angular team at Google. Alyssa, Mark, how are you both doing? Hi. So, so good. So good to be here. Yeah, feeling good, feeling great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being a part of the Angular community, and thanks for hosting this conversation. I just want to say first and foremost, Mark, you sound amazing. Your mic sounds great. So close, picking up your voice beautifully. I just everybody wants to thank you for that. This is Rob trying to trigger our beloved Mark into a mic conversation. <laughs> no, that's good. I'm not gonna let him do it. Um, I'm not gonna fall for the bait. But thank you for noticing that I am using the appropriate mic for the format. Wonderful. Um, part of the reason we're sitting down here today is because we are at an exciting time in Angular. Um, some people. Alyssa, yourself included, have dubbed this the Angular Renaissance. And we are also on the precipice of yet another Angular release, which to me is impressive on its own, that there are just things you can count on, right? It's it's taxes and it's two Angular releases a year. I don't know exactly how that saying goes precisely, but they you have, have made this two release a year commitment for several years yeah. without breaking it. And honestly, being software developers here and seeing every other library out in the world, that alone is incredibly impressive. So we are here to celebrate both of those things. Um, to get us started, Alyssa, I got a chance to listen to your talk, The Angular Renaissance at KCDC. Um, I'm wondering if you can kind of explain to people, I guess a little bit what you were saying, but also a little bit yeah. about why you think we are in an Angular Renaissance. Absolutely. And you can show my slides if you want, but this will be good for those audio learners, listeners also. Um, the, just to like abbreviate the version, cause this talk is quite a long one that I give in person. Um, but I liken it to the Angular Renaissance and I, it was actually Manfred Steyer who I actually heard. And I think before that it might've been Rachel who had called it this. So I am not the OG coiner of the Angular Renaissance want to point out, but I, when I heard it, I was like, yes, absolutely. And this was even before control flow, whenever people were starting to talk about this Renaissance. And I think it really, at least, and Mark, I'd love to have your point of view because I give it from the like GDE community point of view and from things I've heard different Google team members say throughout the years. But I really think it was after the turning point of 2.0, we had kind of grown to a point where we needed a new view engine in order to start having these innovations and this growth. And so I think once we switched to Ivy and that was set and ready to go, we could actually start work and movement on some of these other features. And a lot of these features are all developer facing. They're the actual developer experience. And so mm -hmm. like the OG Renaissance, Angular's experiencing this flux of innovation that has expressed intent of expanding the human potential, right? The developer potential for successful use. And so I think sure. that's how I liken it to the OG Renaissance. But we'd love to hear Mark's take on what's going on. <laughs> I think that we had an interesting period when, with the transition for Ivy. For example, like there was a time where we were like, okay, we're going to do this thing with Ivy. 
and everything's going to be like super awesome. Everybody's super excited, except for I think it, it took us longer than we maybe anticipated. And mm -hmm. so while we were trailblazing before, like a lot of things that we brought into the industry where, you know, other frameworks learned from and grew and adopted. For example, we were the first framework to use TypeScript as the primary language like that was just it. We brought in, you know, the use of observables at the core part of the framework, like that was it. And we had this idea of reactivity that I think people learned from the choices that we made. I want to say that people <laughs> took them and, you know, copied, but they learned from the choices they made even with our reactivity model with change detection, right? And so going through that and then having this, this kind of quiet period where some really fantastic innovations hit the industry, yeah. you know, we were doing... We were trying to finish this migration over from Vue Engine to Ivy, but now because you know that opened a really big door for us, yeah. and now we're able to just start to deliver and deliver and deliver. And I don't want to set any expectations around how long that delivery will continue to happen with these really like blockbuster, you know, kind of headline features. But we're really excited about where Angular is able to go, and we're even more excited to be able to bring that to fruition. Mm. I love it. Absolutely. And I'm I'm glad we were on point with the a lot of our of the GDEs were speculating. We're like, we're pretty sure it was the view engine holding us back. And that's that's why there's rapid fire afterwards. But um I didn't know, Rob, if you had <clears throat> specific parts that you wanted to talk about or anything, any other questions on that? Well, yeah. I, I think <clears throat> though, before we dive into some of the more things that I think that are currently happening that are sort of driving this feeling of excitement, I did sure. want to kind of look backwards a little bit because one of the things in your talk mm. that really stood out to me was this <laughs> walk down memory lane since the ng comps of yore and maybe thinking back to 2016 because you, you tell some stories of having been a part of this community at all the stages along the road and you know i remember i happened to be at ng comp 2016 purely by happenstance and coincidence <laughs> by just a lucky coincidence uh to see the same kind of announcement of, of angular 2 and, and yes close it was coming and i i guess can you kind of remind people mm. of just the journey that we've been on as you remember at some of those yeah. points, especially early on of, of when it was coming out? Yeah. So I like a lot of, um, I'll kind of explain why I took us down memory links. I'm not very sentimental. I'm very much like a goldfish. So if something has a milestone in my mind, it was pretty, it was pretty big uh, to leave that mark. And so for me, a lot of developers, as I'm talking about the Angular Renaissance and these new features and these things going forward in the, in the framework that um, are just, in my mind, amazing and exciting, there's also a lot of trepidation. Um, and I've had it asked, um, even in chat, I think in my talk, I have a screenshot of I was talking about this on Angular Air and there was a couple of questions in chat of like, yes, but how should the community take this, right? Shouldn't we be you know, more fearful than excited. And I'm like, okay, let's talk about this. And I think it really comes back down to like you're talking about in 2016, when the Angular team pulled the plug on the existing framework. Um, the 2.0 was, it was a rewrite. It was a brand new framework. And um, there, <laughs> there, there was a lot of, oh, I, I laugh because in one of my slides, I put a tombstone and I was like, for standalone, I said, RIP modules. And it was kind of my nod to that talk back in 2016 because tombstone after tombstone came up on the screen. Was it Brad Green? Was it? I think it oh was. Oh my goodness. Do you remember right. this? Right. And it, they yes. were like, rip this feature of Angular 1. Rip this feature of Angular 1. And I started getting tears in the audience because I was like, but 
this is my framework. What are you, you can't take this from me. Right. And I think, um, I'm not, it's not just angular and it's not just JavaScript. I started learning.net and I'm learning. I, so many developers are insanely wary of new things. They're just terrified that, it, that it's going to be taken from them or that something's going to shift in a very uncomfortable or unmanageable way. And so for me, my one of my like notes that I like to end this talk on is talking about this mindset going forward um, of growth and how really uh, over and over again, the Angular team since 2.0 has made a huge effort of not having anything be a breaking change and having opt-in things. Right now, the three big things that we talk about are opt-in. You don't have to kill your modules if you don't want to, right? And I talk about true as like one day, if there's complete adoption and everyone's like, yes, this is standalone is the way of the future, I could see a completely modulus angular. But I think the entire community has to stand up and like move forward with that in order for the Angular team to move forward with that. So I think um, that was one of the big moments that I remember with the tombstones and the the 2.0 change. And that's something that I, I talk about is just that we have not seen such a flurry of innovations in our framework uh, since 2.0. And but this this seems like it's done in a very conscientious, uh, <laughs> backward compatible way. Um, and so Mark, I don't know if you want to talk to that as far as from the team's point of view, but. Yeah, I think that one of the hard things about change in the overall. So if you think about when people say things like, oh, well, they killed Angular 1. Or <laughs> Angular, well, so one, that, let's use the language like AngularJS and Angular, right? Yes. So. Angular JS just hit end of life, I think maybe within the last two years. So we still supported the framework for a while. So we do, we never stranded the developers and say, well, migrate to Angular and the, or else you're toast, right? So even back then we had the beginnings of what became kind of our hallmark, mm. which is bringing everyone forward. And we said that in a lot of talks, even when I got here, um, we said that in a ton of talks, like we're going to bring the community forward. And I didn't even fully understand the value of it until I started to see how it impacted teams. Mm -hmm. Because just like you said, everything is opt-in for the most part, right? And when you want to do standalone, opt-in. If you want to do signals, opt-in. You want to do control flow, opt-in. Your old directors still work. Your old modules still work. Like everything still works. Yes. So you get to come along on this journey at your pace. Mm. Of course, we'd love for folks to just dive in and upgrade to the latest, but we all know if you have a million lines of code, there's just no way that you can migrate, you know, as quickly as we're releasing features. So as a way to support those folks, yeah, we try to introduce migrations to help. And, mm. you know, we try not to, like you said, break stuff. We really try to avoid breaking changes that are not uh, opt out, right? Or sorry, opt in where you can just choose when you're ready for that. Mm. And what I like about your talk, Alyssa, which is, is that I am just such a believer in stories. I like to be that person in organizations too. The kind of person that when people are having a conversation, like I have no idea why things are that way here. And it's like, mm -hmm. well, sit down and let me tell you a story of a funny <laughs> right. project that happened three years ago that became a meme at the company. And it's like, you know, it's it's like people that were around long enough remember the Angular, Angular JS thing. Uh, mm. And and the, it's just Angular. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, like the Angular 4 version 
the first skipped, seemingly skipped version when they had to resynchronize all the versions of the libraries because they thought for a little while maybe they could get them to go up separately as one another. They had to skip Angular 3 or whatever to go to Angular 4. And like, I, I just love the idea of capturing these stories and sharing them with each other as a community. Like, I just <laughs> feel like there aren't enough talks of people grabbing the stories and the things that matter to a community and kind of bringing them forward again. Um, I'm kind of curious why you chose to include that portion in your talk. Is it is it similar? Like, why is it fun to look back at all these ng comps that you were a part of or that you were hosting or you know these these events and these these things that you can remember and yeah. share them again with a fresh <laughs> audience? Maybe no, I for me um, Angular. I was back in college. I went to my first degree was in psychology. And after that, I was looking and getting my master's, but I really lost my passion. I don't know if you know this, but at least at the time, a lot of psychology um, on the medicinal side was just how to survive an illness. It was the, at least the vibe in the scientific community wasn't how are we going to cure this. Um, and so for me, I was like a huge bummer. I like... <laughs> I came in it with a very optimistic, let's do this. And then I, I kind of walked away from it, like with this very sad of like, oh, okay. And so from there, I, my boyfriend, now husband, um, was learning programming at Full Cell. And so I was like, I, I teach me, let me, let me, let me try that. And so I dabbled with it for a bit and I was like, yeah, I want to go to school for this. And so we were in uh, the mountains of Colorado at the time and moved back and I went to Full Sail and I learned web development and web design. And one of my first actual, because you go through these different, like first you have to learn design and all of the like like aspects of that. And then you get to start to dabble with HTML and then JavaScript and then some backend languages. And so one of my first frameworks, the very first framework actually that I was introduced to, um, it was just because my college teacher at the time, she was really into it and it was AngularJS. And she was like, yeah, it's this new thing. Uh, why don't you give it a try? And I just remember this magic moment of like three-way binding and it like started working. And I was like, oh my God, like I was in the, the lab, it was late at night and I was just like, oh my God, the internet, it's magic. Look at this, like I did it, right? And things were updating and it was so reactive and I was just in love. And I have been in love with Angular and with the Angular community from that day. I, it, no matter what languages I learn, what frameworks I get into, uh, that will always be my home. Um, it's been a fantastic place to learn and grow. And I think ng-conf has been a really big part of that. I, um, I started giving talks uh, from the time that I graduated because I wanted to teach what I was learning in my day job. And ng-conf just naturally came in because I was doing Angular development and learning um, actually getting to know the team members and the community through that conference and through other really cool Angular conferences. Um, I don't know, it's just meant a lot to me. And so I think that's why it comes up in this talk because um, as I'm teaching things about signals or as I'm teaching things about just, you know, this mindset and um, the worries and the fears that I hear, um, those are my people and I, I want to comfort them and I want to relate to them and explain like, look, this isn't like the first time that, you know, frameworks have gone through these sort of things. And this is, this is exciting. This isn't scary. And so, um, but as far as like specific stories, I'm trying to think of, is there anything you wanted a specific story you wanted me to reminisce on Rob or is there? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I just didn't, I guess if there's any other sort of iconic 
mm. moments. I mean, before we started recording this, I was, you know, reminiscing about some of Shy's old uh, skits <laughs> that he would do at Comps. Yes. No, I met pretty- Shy a while ago, golly. Uh, and he and I would collab on different things. Like we got to do the NG rap together, um, which I, <laughs> the guys were like finishing writing the rap song, like the night before we went on stage and they were they're like you know just like walk up there and do some some cool poses while you do your lines and I was like I was like I have no idea what that even means I don't what is a cool pose so I just it was the guy, <laughs> they were all just like looking at me and I'm like do you realize I am not only nerd but I am female so when you're like yeah just go up there and do a rap song and look cool while you do it I'm like what does that even mean so no it was there's yeah, a lot you suddenly of never become more aware of your hands than <laughs> when somebody asks you to go act naturally or cool. Like. Oh my god, yes. And Shy and Shy Resnick, me and Steven Fluin um were actually hanging out. <laughs> we were doing NG Poland and we were hanging out and we were eating ice cream and it was just one of my favorite memories of like travel. Um and Shy kept getting mad at me because he was tethering off my phone and we were in this marketplace and the guys were following me but I kept getting distracted. Um, by the marketplace and they would lose me and they'd panic and he'd be like, I can't get signal. Where is she? And so a lot of fun, fun memories of, of getting to hang out with really cool. Steven Fluin used to be on the team. Mark, did you meet Steven before he gallivanted off into the crypto world? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, yes, lots of good times. <laughs> and, and Mark, you can talk about this too, which I, which is that, I have a very similar story to yours, Alyssa, which is just that like when I I, I was a web developer as a teenager and then mm. went and did desktop development for a long time before deciding to come back. And so learning AngularJS with Dan Whalen, like <laughs> that guy will always mean a lot to me because it was like his how to learn, you know, AngularJS helped me get up to speed with the uh, job that I had, mm. you know, doing web development. And so, yeah, same as you, this community's always had a, a soft spot in my heart, even if I'm working in other frameworks at the time. And I think it's a testament to that kind of like, you can sit with us ethos that's always been a big part of the community, very welcoming. This has always been an extraordinarily welcoming community. And that really has not changed. And I mean, Mark, I don't know if you can speak to that, like how, you know, that's an intentional thing or something that y'all try to 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 keep going over all these years. So community, well, at least I believe this. I believe that you can have the best tools in the, the universe. You can have the best like experiences, but the community is what takes the tool or platform to the next level. And so for the Angular team, it's always been a priority to make sure that the, the community feels supported, that we that they feel supported, they feel heard. And that's been a really big thing where we've made significant changes around that, right? So before, think about the past, right? Before, maybe three, four years ago, if you wanted to know what we were doing, you had to maybe go to a conference or catch one of us one-on-one, right? This is before the roadmap became a primary like mode of communication. Mm-hmm. And then things like the RFC process that we've uh, spent a lot of time with, right? And, and that's become a really big thing for us. Like, yeah, we're going to make a big change. Let's hear from the community. Do we get the developer survey? So all those are like... Uh, metrics by not metrics sorry those are just like avenues of pathways right that we're able to communicate with the community and stay connected and then me myself as a uh, devrel engineer you know i like getting out in the streets and talking to people and i really like just let people know that like we are we are very happy that you are a part of the angular community and it will always be a core thing like like one of our core value was 
to make sure that we foster a community where everybody feels welcomed. Mm. Do you That's think still it's true. because of the way the Angular team makes themselves available and has always been community driven that it's like a trickle down thing? Or do you like why do you think our community is so fire? Because like I hear that from quite a few people that it is it does feel different. So well, I think that we we're lucky that <laughs> the people seriously, because I think that you could try to create this and not be successful and follow the same patterns that we did. Mm. I think that we're very fortunate that the people who decided to be a part of the community, people like yourselves, right? What you continue to foster in the community, because again, we're just the team, the core team, but there are people who connect with you all, who get to see your talks, listen to your podcast, who get to engage with Angular through you. So you are just as big of a part of making sure that community stays as healthy and as thriving as we are, because we, we're doing it all together. Yeah, it's really true, right? I mean, like another big pillar of the community, like the NG Girls organization, another phenomenal uh, organization. And I agree with you. I think a lot of it is around the types of volunteers and the types of organizers. When you put out those good signals and you sort of start to create a good community, you attract the types of people that want to build a better community. And that kind of thing can just continue to snowball on itself. And it really... Uh, the Angular community is, is really rich for all of the different uh, ways that it has for people to kind of be supported and, and get involved. I mean, there's more than we could even name here, other communities that are on discords and all over the place, uh, just helping each other out, supporting each other, teaching each other, um, <laughs> yeah. things like that. Well, great. Well, we are going to pivot into uh, a discussion of where we are now in the midst of this renaissance. But first a word from our sponsor. So uh, our sponsor today is This.Labs. This.Labs is a development consultancy that specializes in application development and upgrading legacy systems. They've been trusted by companies like PlayStation, Capital One, Herman Miller, PayPal, and T-Mobile. Facing challenges with legacy systems and need to modernize, This.Labs has experience in enterprise, mi enterprise migrations and upgrades, providing a detailed roadmap for modernizing your software solutions. Their engineering leaders are industry veterans with a deep understanding of modern technologies and best practices. Learn more about how this.labs can help you achieve your tech goals at this.co. That's T-H-I-S-D-O-T dot C-O. All right, now back to our show. Thank you both. Uh, so we want to talk about where we are now. As I said, we are standing here on the precipice of Angular V17, at least at the time that we record this, which is at the beginning of October. I, th I think it's due out in about a month um, or so. Who knows? I'm just going off of what I saw on a blog. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, we're also still freshly from Angular 16, which kind of had, I think, the beginnings of the signals preview. So I think we're right in the heart of like signals, this kind of control flow time. And I would say maybe as opposed to what a 15 and 14 would be from the year prior, a lot of big shifts, it feels like this year. Um, I mean, I guess we came out of the sort of the, some of the features that we were talking about earlier with, you know, that can get us towards uh, standalone components and things like that, which was a pretty big thing. Um, but I guess to start out, what, what are we most excited about for either this upcoming release uh, or, you know, or what's the buzz that we've heard from the community on some of these features coming up? Go ahead, Alyssa. I know you. <laughs> I was like, Mark. <laughs> no, I I just know that I think are all the RFCs closed right now. Um, requests for comments. 
because I think the last one for control flow just closed which to me is exciting because it means things are moving forward they've gotten feedback from the community um are I'm trying to think Mark is signals still RC or is it where is it it's in developer preview Preview. I don't know if the RC RC still uh Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. we're still sorting things out. Yeah. And then control flow as well, or is is that not in developer preview? What is that? You can't. I mean, you, if if you check uh, one of the RCs, you might be able to get your hands on it. Okay. Uh, for early preview, but uh, we're hoping to get into developer preview coming up. Awesome, because that's those are things that I personally am looking forward to as they move forward, whether it's in seventeen or beyond. Um, just as those stabilize, but not only that, um, but standalone which was released a while ago just i'm really excited about the community supporting that because being able to move forward um without modules for me was a, like a moment of like you can't take my modules but i <laughs> i do see the benefits and i think if the community does fully embrace it it's going to be a really exciting time for angular um but i would love to hear from mark as far as like have you heard different pieces that people are looking forward to or well i can tell you what i think is the most slept on uh, part of Ooh. angular right now that people should be paying much more attention to and that's server-side angular i think that mm. the streets okay. really need to like wake up a bit more and and tap into what's happening around angular on the server we're doing some stuff that is just wildly uh, valuable for teams and for people with scalable applications. I mean, how much do you want me to talk about this? Because I, I want to go. No, I mean, please, yeah, please do, because I, I, I do think <laughs> that with the success of things like uh, Next and when you see, uh, you know, each new framework's felt kit, sure. and Party Town, and what all this Quick City stuff going out, that like this has become the thing. I think I, I think a lot of people are curious what the present and future has for, mm -hmm. for Angular on the server. Well, I could just tell you about how big of a shift hydration was. So having full hydration in applications, like mm -hmm. that brings us completely in line with what's available, right? So having an application such that you could pre-render on the server or not pre-render, sorry, that's a different technology. You could server-side render the application, uh, send that up to the client and then have the client kind of pick up and just use the existing stuff and not do what we did before hydration, which was kind of destroy everything, rebuild it. And so you got that flicker effect that people spent hours and hours trying to like get around. But so now you don't have that, but let me tell you what is very, very special. And I can't, I know I wish people could see me who are people who are listening. I said how <laughs> excited I am. What we're doing around defer <laughs> is 100% in my opinion, unlike anything anybody else is doing because what the control that you can get for so so think about defer like this like usually you can tag like components and like or, or put them in boundaries right like okay load this later well like defer you could do that in your template right so like like you put it in your template but 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 we can also go all the way down to like uh lazy loading based on like an a trigger Right, so if you hover over it, or you interact with something else within the view, or you, or it's idle, and then we can customize that even further and say things like, well, then prefetch this specific thing, and then you can do custom triggers where you can say, well, only trigger this uh, deferred loading when some part of my state reaches a particular value. Right, I mean, like there are all of these mm. like super like special controls that you get with our deferred stuff, and it just creates 
a place where developers can make whatever they want. Mm. Right. Like, like if you can think of a use case for yourself for like deferred lazy loading for optim optimizing your applications, like this is a space where you can now do things that were only, you know, like dreamt of before. It's really it, special stuff. Is defer related to the full hydration? Like defer is a little bit of both, but it's it's more around like what we get like the block syntax with like control flow that we're getting. Yeah. That enables us to, to start doing this type of stuff. So yeah, we're uh, we're cooking. I'm gonna tell you that now. We're, we're just <laughs> cooking with some of this stuff, and it's really, really incredible when you think about it. I don't want to draw lines where they don't need to be, but this just reminds me of some of the conversations around like uh, React server components or like the suspense mm -hmm. stuff. And it's like it's really becoming a situation where I don't I don't know that we can really call ourselves front end devs anymore. Like you almost start <laughs> as like full stack by default because like it is increasingly getting difficult to to abstract this away of like, where's this code running? Is it running <laughs> like at all? Was it, was it rendered and then it never happened again? Uh, so mm -hmm. stuff like this is, like you said, really exciting. It sounds like to unlock some of these additional capabilities. Is yeah, this the hope? New performance okay. patterns. No, I'm saying just new performance patterns that you can enable for your application. Is is the hope that this becomes like the feature in and of itself, or does the team sort of see this as the primitive that library authors might take advantage of to build frameworks or supportive frameworks or anything like that of the nature? Or is that not really settled on? Like for now, this just enables some 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 optimizations and we'll see where it goes. I think we'll see where it goes because like I said, the defer syntax is still still very it's not you can't even do it yet, right? I mean, this is still <laughs> upcoming stuff. So we haven't even seen how the community wants to use it yet and what they'll want to create. And that's usually what happens when you create anything. You have an intention <laughs> and you say what this is for, and then suddenly, yeah. you know, this long pole that was meant to like knock down cobwebs is also very great at like, you know, being a back scratcher. And you're like, I didn't had no idea anybody's gonna do that. Like, you know I, what I mean? like, it seems like you like intentionally are waiting for that though. It's always interesting to me how the team does almost be like, okay, now go. And they like push a Lego block towards us, like carefully and build, and they, like, right. back away. And I'm like, <laughs> right. And build, go and build. And then, yeah. you know, discover because yeah. <laughs> the one thing about a very engaged community is that they will discover things that you couldn't discover yourself. Mm. And it's not, you know, at the point of trying to be like, oh, well, test this for us. It's more like, we think here's what you'll do, yeah. but we're sure you're going to go even fur further beyond that. You know, one thing that which we, which we skipped over as far as what makes the Angular community and the Angular team so, so great is that when I was looking up an explanation of this control flow, I stumbled on a very recent blog by Alex Rickabaugh. And not only does he go into the syntax of it, but then makes reference to why the RFC sort of resolved this way with uh, survey results from the Angular developer survey. That's right. Which is another great way of getting developer feedback, which I just, which I love. And I loved reading it because you know, when I saw it, I was like, well, I was okay with the syntax the way it was, right? As an as a <laughs> Angular JS developer, I was like, hey, whatever. This is, all sounds very familiar to me. Um, so I could take it either which way. But it was so fascinating to see the real data that the team is looking at and, and just saying like, hey, you know, this is a data-driven decision. We love to hear- Evidence-driven is a better way to say it. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there you go. Like that. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I, I'm not used to seeing that when teams are introducing new features. And when I got to that part of the blog, I actually was really kind of 
taken back. I was like, this is really cool that you're going to sell us the feature, not just on syntax or promise, but also just in terms of, you know, that the community seems to be uh, responding to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, this is a great process. Uh, I love that we get to communicate the, with the community in such a way that we can get that type of feedback. And, you know, I think that one of the best things about this team that I've learned since I've been here is that they are so willing to learn and they're so eager to learn and to make choices that are the results of like this evidence of, because you could do whatever you want, right? As a developer, maintainer framework, you can do whatever you want. And it is a mistake, I think, to not include your community in that process especially mm -hmm. when it becomes a part of people's livelihoods and a part of people's everyday life. I mean, Angular JS specifically changed my, my life, mm -hmm. right? Like I was a Java developer, like so many people writing enterprise Java beans and for healthcare company. And then I see this, the same experience that Alyssa mentioned, this idea of this like two-way binding and then you're typing in an input and then the screen is updating in real time. Mm -hmm. And I knew how hard that was to implement directly. <laughs> and it felt so magical. And honestly, I believe that what we're doing with Defer will recreate that magic for people. Oh, that's so exciting. Because well, if someone be wants to like try it out though, they have to wait for like they go and pull down sneaky RCs or they just like play around with like- the Well, we're, we're close. We're close? We're close. Okay. Okay. Let, let's just say that we're close. We always release things when they're ready, but we're close. But I can't wait for people to show their creative combinations of custom triggers. And when I say custom, and I don't mean that they have to go and write a directive or they have to go and create all the extra code. I mean, just using the primitives that we're going to give you mm -hmm. that you'll put the combination together to show these performance and like lazy loading patterns. Like you'll be able to do that out of the box without you needing to become a library author yourself. Right. That's what also makes it so special is that it's not like a bunch of syntax where you're like, okay, here are these primitives. Now go build a house on top of it and show us your house. It's like, no, here are all the parts. Arrange the cards, the, the toy cards as you like, right? And create your own like environment there. Like just do it and let us know how much you, you know, how much is helping or not helping. Let us know. But I think when you start seeing demos of people showing like interaction <laughs> on hover and then they have their like console up, right? And they've shown all the pieces of the application being loaded at different times on different triggers that they decided on, right? And how frictionless it was to create that. Mm -hmm. That's what I think is going to create that special feeling again for people. Wow, I'm excited for it. Do you, is it ever scary, Mark, having your framework out there so vulnerable, it seems? Because it does seem like you and the team so very often are like, here is this piece we poured our heart into. I hope you like it. <laughs> well, when I joined the Angular team, I, I actually had got a tough lesson. Mm -hmm. um, it was just in a, you know, it was at a time where we were being criticized quite a bit by lots of people and people were just, you know, fairly or unfairly, I'm not here to judge like the valid, you know what I mean? Cause people's feelings are always valid, right? Like you don't want to dismiss someone's feelings. And I would say we were under a, a lot of like criticism constantly. And it gave me like really tough skin because mm -hmm. I understood that like, if we make something that people don't like, it's never because they don't like us. It's not personal. It's because whatever we've offered isn't what they need. 
right? And it's not what they want or something like just not considering them. So when you think about it from that point of view, it kind of changes the way that you interact with people and interact with like the feedback that you get. Mm-hmm. It's like people are like, oh, I don't like this course that you made because I have too many errors. I'm like, okay, that's a good point. All right. We, we can improve there versus being like, what do you mean you don't like this course? <laughs> I poured my heart and soul into this damn course. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. all right, you know, it's, it's usually <laughs> you wanting something that you're hoping we're going to give you. And then if we don't give it to you, of course, it's frustrating. Of course, it's disappointing. Mm. I mean, no judgment about where the community was before, but I, I do think that that's indicative of this era of Angular, at least. And it's that like a removal from ego. You know, it's funny that you put it that way because it, I feel the same way sometimes about failure. I think when you have teams that, that hate to fail mm-hmm. um, and they're really bad around failure, a lot of times it's because failure is usually ascribed to individuals and, and about their worth and ego gets caught into it, right? Like you failed and that means you're bad. But when mm-hmm. failures can switch over to something where it's more like, ooh, there's a problem, how can we solve it? And it becomes like a collaborative thing that becomes egoless. Failure suddenly doesn't matter as much. It becomes much more of like a, no, I mean, we just, we got to clean this up. And I think you can definitely see that spirit, not to say it wasn't this way in the past, but you can definitely feel that spirit here because so many of the features are just like, hey, you've had developer experience issues. Boom, we hear you. Boom, we hear you. You know, like you said, it's not trying to sell, this is my artistic vision of the perfect front end framework. It's just like, hey, where are your where are your hardships? Let's just plug those because that's what this is. It's meant to be a tool, and I think that is, at least as a community member, the sensation I'm feeling as I see each of these releases go out. And you just, you, it's hard to find a hater on Twitter these days. Not that there aren't some out there, but just everyone's just like, okay, I don't have that problem anymore. Like each release, like it's it's harder and harder to find people that have anything negative to say about them because it's less about <laughs> Mark Mark says they're out there. I don't I don't know. <laughs> I believe you, Mark. You're, you're exposed to a lot more of them than I would be, but but I do feel like I think that's like the renaissance feeling that people are getting. Do you, would you both agree that like people are um when you're just getting versions that are just out there trying to solve problems and not trying to sell you on this is the way it should be, this is how you need to change your mindset, um, I think people really respond well to that. I think us focusing on making Angular the best framework it could possibly be for Angular developers is paying off. It's, it's not really about like, oh, how do we become... So Jeremy Elborn, our team lead, and myself have a live stream. And we often get asked this question every time. Which you one? know, and, and they say, you know, what do you think about Felt? What do you think about React? What do you think about Vue? What do you think about Solid? What do you think about everything? And we always say, you know, everything is pretty great. We're at a time. There's never been a better time to like write web applications. We're at a time right now where you it's hard to make a bad choice. And that was not always the case. And sometimes there were bad choices, like, yeah, don't use that thing. That thing is not even complete. But now there are many passionate you know, uh, uh, frameworks out there, right? And framework maintainers who are just trying to build the best tools for their community. And I think that once we've decided, when we decided to do that, we started, like you said, focusing on pain points of developers, right? And look at hydration, a, a perfect example of a pain point for developers. Look at signals, a perfect example of a pain point because you had to know too much yeah. with change detection. I mean, look at, current- look at standalone, right? Like yeah. for onboarding people to learn a completely unique piece, a completely like unique building block. 
it was a pain right. point and it was a struggle. And I think that's where the ego has been removed, Mark. I think you put it beautifully of like building the best that Angular could be, like period. And and that that idea and that momentum um, is very self-evident. And it's exciting. <laughs> yeah. I can get to talk all day about this. So please <laughs> talk because I will just keep going on and on. I got my little soapbox right have here. One more question while we're on the precipice of this conversation, because I wonder, is it ever difficult to juggle the community and like moving Angular forward for the community versus I know internally Angular is at least I think first and foremost for development for Google products. Do those two things ever differ like in what they need? Sometimes we just can't do features that uh, people want on both sides. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's the hard part. It's like, yeah, this, this won't work for, you know, uh, internal applications, you know, or, or apps, you know, like Google applications. And sometimes it's yeah. like, yeah, this is the thing that would be cool, but we can't really make it work out for like externally. Of course, I'm not at liberty to give you any details about which things those are. Um, Cause I know it's part of the next question. Like Mark, what's an example of something you can't do? No, I, I honestly thought you would say, no, actually they're, they have the same needs. And so I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm like, okay, so they are different. Like sometimes with certain sometimes they're different. Okay. Sometimes the needs are different, but I think the man, I work with a lot of very smart people and I, and I really do mean that I work with some really brilliant engineers who are thoughtful and they're always thinking about problems that I don't, you know, they even myself just like, I don't know how to solve this or what the right thing to do here is. But luckily our team, when we put our brains together, we're able to really come up with solutions that mitigate the impact of those like kind of uh, rough spots where we're like, yeah, we want to do this, but with this work here, probably not. I don't know what, you know, we don't know if this can be an internal or external thing. Like they find great solutions for all those problems. It's really, um, it's humbling working on this team with such brilliant people because you can walk around and think that you're pretty smart and then you meet the people like that build these types of tools and not even on the Angular team. Like I met some other framework maintainers. I'm like, man, these people are just really like S tier, like yeah. brilliant. And it's really humbling in a good way because it makes me want to stay focused and, and continue to contribute because if they're putting their like, you know, best effort in, I should be putting my best effort in right, to serve the community and things that I'm brilliant at and making sure that we can bring all our powers together to create something very special for everyone. Well, I, I know that signals are all the rage these days. Uh, yeah. You know, Solid uh, and had them. We have Svelte runes that were announced. I feel like Views announced some version of it as well. Angular has theirs. Um, and I think, I, I guess I would say that most people are excited by the idea but there certainly has been two sides to this. So I think the way that I want to ask this question is, you know, Brandon Roberts had a, uh, a just an open thought, a free thought that he posted, which was something like, how do we prevent signals from becoming the next Ivy? Meaning something that's pretty substantial to the framework that might change a lot of the innards that people are just waiting on to see when it lands and thinking that that will be like a pivot point for the whole community. Like, so Mark, my question for you is just, how do you and how does the team manage that in light of knowing that maybe the Ivy thing in the past was a stumbling block. Do you just reject this comparison entirely? Or do you think that there are lessons learned there? And then when he's done, Alyssa, my question is, but for everybody else, can you get us excited for why you're so excited for signals to come? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that we are a team that has learned from all kinds of decisions, right? We've learned from our experiences and even with the whole signals thing. I mean, so this is why 
it's really valuable that things are released when they're ready mm. and the framework can move forward because of the way we do our implementation of our opt-in policy right now for like these major features because we're not so look while we're waiting to finish signals look what else you're getting right like look how else the framework is moving forward look at all these other really special features like i said the server side story in angular is like i feel like we could have entire shows just talking about how that has changed the game for people you see you see where i'm kind of going with that so i think that yeah um, we are very well aware that we don't want to take too long but we also know that if we rush it and we get it wrong there's also a consequence Right. And so you have to make that tough decision. You have to think about like, okay, what is the right like velocity to go at? And I think that internally the teams have talked and the and the and we have a, a good idea about what the right velocity is. And then once signals hits and we're able to make it meet the needs of the developers, because that's what it's all about, meeting needs of developers. Right now, change detection is 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 troublesome, problematic at scale. Mm. All right, that is a problem that once once that's fixed, Angular will never be the same. <laughs> yes. Seriously. No, like, I absolutely would, agree with you. <laughs> what will you complain about if your change detection gives you like the the ability to have precise updates? Mm. You I don't honestly need to go into the internals. I don't know if we would call it change detection at that point. It's like, still change detection, right? It's is, just based on it? signal. Oh, right. But right. like it's, it's without, cause right now the current proper way of handling reactivity. Is it, was it your rap hands? Yeah. <laughs> that's, I'm that's so cool. I'm so cool. Mark, you can't even. You are. That's, you are. that's good. Uh, no. So currently we, we look to observables and on push, right? Okay. And these things, they, with all things with zone JS, they come with this change detection cost, but I feel like as we move forward and get rid of Zone.js, which optional Zone.js, does that does that scare you? Like to saying those words, like I don't want to, I don't want to frighten people. I I have frightened people in the past by saying those words because certain people have really strong opinions in favor or against Zone.js. And I it's think like, I about Zone.js, like like it's become like the boogeyman for people for some oh reason. Oh my god! I'm just like I have to like kind of like brace myself for when I mention this part of the but reactive like, story. No. So like here's the thing, and this is my opinion at least. Yes. Zones are a really brilliant idea. It's just at scale, we found the limitations, right? At, at scale for the types of apps that people decided to build, we found the limitations because think about how in almost any other framework, except, well, I know uh, Svelte was a little different because they have a compiler before runes. They could, they, they would like use their compiler to figure out what you changed, right? But think about like this whole cool thing where it's like, Yo, I I could just make a change to the state of the component and it will just pick it up and things will just work. I don't have to think more about it. That is really magical, mm -hmm. right? Like I remember when I switched, I was teaching React before I came to the Angular team and I remember looking for the set state. I'm like, where is set state? Where mm -hmm. is it? Mm -hmm. I need it because I don't know how to tell this thing something changed. Yeah. And I then I was like, wait, it just knows? And that is like yeah. brilliant. So that's so that's why I'm like, you know, if people like Zone Jazz, they should because there's so much to like. Mm 
Mm. It's just that, I, yeah, go ahead, I, sorry. Oh, no, I think you're right. I think it's the at scale part maybe that yeah. broke down. And also there's just some weird things with Zone.js that different people will complain about um, as like things like the promises, right? Like where instead yeah. of native async can wait or um, right, 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 right. The errors can be really hard to read. Uh, Zone.js yeah. modifies JavaScript objects, right? It uses black yeah. magic and generally black magic is frowned upon, right? There's a lot of reasons why people don't like Zone.js. But for me, as we look forward to signals, and you can show this meme that I totally made, all of these slides were generated with AI. You're welcome. That's why these people don't quite look like people or have mouths, but that's totally fine. Um. <laughs> that's why the hands are off screen. You get it. <laughs> But this was my look back on the, the, I think the slide that you're talking about with the tombstones. But I think in order to move away from Zone.js, um, but still have reactivity, we have to look to a solution like Signals. And I honestly, I, I don't, that's why I was wondering, like, Mark, do we really still call it change detection? Because change detection right now is like, it, it's going down this tree and it's like checking the, the child nodes and the other child nodes and it's, it's saying mm -hmm. who needs to be updated. Whereas with signals, it knows who needs the other end of this, right? It, 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 sure, there is sure. no detecting of this change. It happens because it's connected. And so for me, that's where I was like, is it change detection? I don't know. I would love to hear you. <laughs> so I think we'll, I think we'll finalize this language when okay. we are ready for, you know, production, you know, style where zones have been, where change change detection or the process of figuring out what to render on the screen has been updated to not use zones, right? Once we get there, we'll finalize what it is. But here's my conjecture. I think that going away from change detection as a name might be problematic. Because mm. why? Because well, people because, know what it is? or Because people know what it is already. Oh, right, 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 right. And it's not a new term. And then it doesn't feel like such a big shift, uh, right? So if you say signals-based uh, change detection, then they say, okay, wait, 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 change detection. I know what that is, right? That's how by which I know what things were updated, what to render on the screen, which children to be updated. I okay. know that is what now was based on signals instead of zones. Oh, I didn't, zones were not working for me. Well, signals could still work for me. Oh, I still like Angular. Okay. Because it's still the angular that I know and love, right? So yeah, you have to think no, about that makes like, sense. problems from a different perspective when you have millions of people using. We always <laughs> have to think about like, if it were just me and 10 other people, we can do whatever we wanted, right? <laughs> and just like change names and rewrite things. But when there's yeah. a million people, no, that makes sense. That right? absolutely makes sense. I just, I guess, was worried that this negative stigma that is attached to zones, I was worried was also sure. attached to change detection. And so I was like, let's mm. throw it all out and just say we have signals now. But that yeah. totally makes sense. And it could still be used to define the process that's happening. So right, right. Just based on zones and based on signals. And, and who knows, we might find out that people are just like, yeah, this isn't what we want. And we might have to reconsider. But might. Don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think no matter even if it's not exactly this that we're looking towards the future is so incredibly bright because mm -hmm. of this mindset that the team is moving forward of the best that it can be and mm -hmm. um i don't know it's it's very for me i'm very excited to see where it goes and i honestly don't so much care where we land um because i'm along for the ride with an amazing community so yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I usually try to temper people's expectations around stuff, you know, to be realistic, but yeah, I'm not saying temper your expectations. I'm saying be as excited as you want to be about what's coming next because I really 
<laughs> I am just really blown away by the work the team has done on some of these features. Like I said, especially especially the server-side Angular and deferred loading with Angular template. I mean, this stuff is going to be magical. You just wait. Things that people had to try to figure out these like fancy ways to like do things that will just become more trivial for well, not trivial, more accessible for more developers, right. regardless of skill level, to be able to implement. And that's what I get so excited about, that I could teach this in an intro class, right? This doesn't have to be, yeah. you know, Angular 1200. It can be like Angular 100. <laughs> like, yeah, let me show you how to lazy load a component. Defer. What yeah. else? That's powerful. Defer. That's so powerful. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But but no, defer. Okay, <laughs> but what about, okay, fine. Defer on, on, on buddy click. <laughs> Right. But you know what I mean? Like, I don't have to talk about all these other things anymore. Yeah. Right. We're thinking about like lazy loading, like, and, but and there's going to be more to the story. I don't want to just like, you know, give away all the magic. There's still more to the story. So uh, people definitely want to tune in to our developer event in November. You want to be ready. That's is, all that, I can say. is that released? Like, do we have like a date of like the developer? I have a date. Oh, but we don't have, we do not have the date yet. It is mystery date next month. <laughs> I got a date. <laughs> I know everything. <laughs> but but I'm not gonna say just yet, but uh you'll find out a lot more soon. The if oh. people want to make sure they don't miss this, is this gonna be like on the YouTube channel, the Google YouTube Angular channel? You or? cannot afford to miss this uh next developer event for the Angular community from the Angular team. Mm -hmm. You can't afford to miss it. So definitely link in with us on X slash Twitter. Uh, you can link in with us on YouTube. Okay. Like both places are gonna be great. Uh, check the blog for more details. I mean, we're gonna be just making sure that everybody knows. Everybody knows what's going on in these streets, in these Angular streets. <laughs> so if you're listening to this and you don't know what the date is yet, race over to Mark's Twitter. Yeah, you got to, you got yes. to, and follow <laughs> while you're over there. I'm trying to get to 16 million before it all burns down. There you go. <laughs> well. And you all did a masterful job of wrapping up here. I, I was going to pass it around for sort of one last thought or pitch for people that are listening um, and have been enjoying this conversation. Uh, for myself, I'll say this. Uh, I'm a bit of a computer gamer myself. And, uh, you know, one of the big examples uh, of, of a game that's really popular right now, let's say, that hasn't always been popular in the past was a No Man's Sky. It's a mm -hmm. game that when it first came out, it was pretty widely panned. But the team didn't lose sight of what they were trying to do and trying to make it better bit by bit, bit by bit. And as people now are bouncing off of other games, which maybe didn't quite release in the state that they hoped they did, they suddenly discovered this game that had, in the interim, become phenomenal. And mm. I've seen a bunch of people talking about and raving about how much content there is, how enjoyable it is. And a lot of people are like, I remember this game. It was garbage before. And I'm actually one of those people, and I will re-download it tonight because I did not Take know. Take a look. That it oh, no Man's Sky is... <laughs> nowhere near like launch no man's sky like the promise that they wow. made in the beginning they've kind of really delivered and more i believe and rob you're right that is a fantastic example of like a development team hearing feedback not getting into their feelings but getting to work yeah mm. and, and angular wasn't broken in that way on delivery but what i will say is that if you checked into angular in the past and you haven't looked at it in two three years at this point honestly sometimes even a year come back and try it again <laughs> oh you'll be so be, surprised you would be amazed a lot of the things that people bounced off of in the past have been addressed or smoothed over um or there's alternatives for it uh or de-emphasized and so it is um everybody like i said most everybody that i talk to in the angular world is the happiest i've seen them yeah literally since it was announced and so i mean it's just it's just fun to be part of a community 
Alyssa, you can speak to this as well. It's just fun to be part of a community that you've been in for so long and the com and the community just keeps getting happier. There yeah. aren't a lot of online communities for whom that's true. So <laughs> right, uh, that's right. know, feel free to jump in. As we said, it's a very welcoming community. So, uh, you know, there's, there's great discords, uh, community-led discords, community-led organizations to be a part of, um, and, you know, reach out. And I will be giving an updated version of this in Bulgaria at the end of the month with more samples and things at DevReach. So if you're in the area, please come say hi. I would love to see you. But I thank you so much, Rob and Mark, for talking with me today about this stuff. I'm just so excited. <laughs> yeah, and I'll say check me out in Atlanta at the end of the month. I'll be in Atlanta at Connect Tech and Refactor Tech talking all about Angular and AI and stuff around that. So please, if you're in the building or if you're in the streets around, come say hi. Would love to uh, connect with people. Well, wonderful. Well, that's going to be it for us today. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this modern web podcast on the Angular Renaissance. Thank you to our guests, Alyssa and Mark. As always, the conversation does not stop here. You can find Alyssa on Twitter at Alyssa Nichol. That's A-L-Y-S-S-A-N-I-C-O-L-L. -S 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 you can find Mark on Twitter at Mark Texon. That's M-A-R-K-T-E-C-H-S-O-N. You can find me online at RoboCell. As for the podcast, you can find us online at moderndotweb.com or on Twitter at modern.web. Thank you, of course, to our sponsor, This.Labs. And This.Labs would like me to conclude by reminding you that trusted by top names like Meta, Google, and T-Mobile, This.Labs helps bridge the gap from business requirements to tech implementation. Whether you're modernizing legacy systems, ensuring sustainable application architecture, or seeking expert guidance, This.Labs has the experience to help. Discover more at this.co. That's T-H-I-S-D-O-T dot. See ya. Thank y'all. Come on. Come on, everybody. This podcast is sponsored by This.Labs, a framework agnostic consultancy that specializes in JavaScript. You can find them at this.co slash labs. That's T-H-I-S-D-O-T dot C-O slash labs. For all of your friends and you. Shout it, yeah! Queries do, so come on, let's go, cause we got a show for you.